Happy Tuesday, everyone. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. And uh, today, my guest is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, my very dear friend, Senator Paula Dockery. Hi, Paula. Hey, Jules. So um, I asked Paula to come because, you know, it's the end of the year and we're about to hit 2023 and um, feeling, you know, a little nostalgic and all of that at this time of the year. And we've been friends for... I don't know, more than a decade now. And I think it's kind of a fun story how we met because we were we're probably like the odd couple. <laughs> we are the odd couple, that's for sure. <laughs> Which one am I? <laughs> I'm clearly Oscar. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll agree with okay, that. Okay. <laughs> so um, you were a senator in, well, you were in the House and the Senate, but it's been a decade since you've been out, right? Correct. So what was your, what did you do when you were there? When, when did you get elected and how long were you there? I was elected to the House in 1996 and was there for three terms, which is six years. And then I moved over to the Senate and uh, served three terms there. Uh, so 10 years, actually, because the terms are four years and I had an extra half a term for um, doing behavior? the redistricting <laughs> <laughs> behavior. That's it. <laughs> So uh, 10 years in the Senate, and I, I left because I was term limited in, in 2012. Yes, and that's, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about term limits, but um, in your case, I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I think I was ready to yeah. go at that point yeah, anyway. probably ready to go. Well, we met um, back in, what, like 2007? I don't remember the exact year, but it uh, it was when I was still in office and we had a, a hot topic here in, in Lakeland that uh, brought did. us together. We did. So um, we came, I don't know who came to you first, but at some point I was part of the, the rat pack that came to you to tell you our woes about uh, the CSX rail deal. Had you heard about that deal before? I mean, obviously it was, you heard about it because you were in the legislature, but. I had, I had not heard that it would have a negative impact on downtown Lakeland, but I knew that it was a uh, somewhat secretive deal mm-hmm. that seemed to be a sweetheart deal for CSX. And uh, it had all kinds of uh, legal ramifications for the state that I didn't think were um were fiduciarily responsible. Mm-hmm. So I was already getting engaged in the issue, but I didn't really realize I had a Lakeland uh, portion to, to fight even harder for. Yeah, so you obviously were our senator at the time. Who came to you? Do, you? do you remember who the group of people, or was it the city officials, or was it? I only remember you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> you it was were, that traumatic. You were the loudest, yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we had... Um, I think the mayor... Yeah, and it was Gao at the time, yeah. wasn't it? Gao yeah. Fields. Yeah, and so, David Bunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, David yeah. and his famous wall map that was very Love helpful. that map. I know. I that, think it's still there. It's an amazing map. It's, it's, if it any helps of you, you know with... David and want to see the amazing wall map, you really ought to go, yeah. go ask him. It, it, it puts things into perspective. Um, so, yeah, we came to you and kind of uh, told you all about our uh, displeasure with um, – the possibility of uh, that many trains being run through downtown Lakeland and then the ILC in Winter Haven was part of that deal and SunRail uh, was sort of the impetus for the whole thing. Yeah, it was really sold as a commuter rail project and under the, the name of SunRail, but they were really trying to move the freight out of Orlando and shift it over uh, to Lakeland. So it was about three different transportation 
projects all tied up into one. And they also wanted to give um, CSX, first of all, we were going to pay them more than the track was worth. And then we were going to um, let them use the track during their peak hours. Mm -hmm. And then we were going to assume all responsibility, legal liability for anything uh, disastrous that happened on the track. So it was a really (laughs) great deal for CSX. And and, uh, by the way, there was a commuter rail you know, project mm-hmm. attached to it. So, yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was, I was serving on the transportation committee at the time. And when they were explaining the deal, and they didn't do it quite as straightforward <laughs> as I might have just done it. Right. But when they were um, explaining the deal, I thought, this sounds like a sweetheart deal for a corporation and not a public transit project that's going to benefit a lot of people, primarily because the train wasn't going anywhere that people wanted to go. It wasn't right. going to the airports, it wasn't going to Disney. So, uh, it just happened to go where the freight, Lines were already down. Right. And and where the freight, where it was convenient for the freight to go and not go, because it certainly they had no talks of it coming all the way to Lakeland, which would have mucked up their, uh, you know, ability to to run that, that freight line through downtown as often as they would like. And they also got the added benefit of um, the state paying to make improvements to the track. Yeah, so, so four, was, yeah. Four, four great reasons why. <laughs> why CSX benefited. Yes. Well, we um, we didn't ultimately uh, win that fight. We won we some did, battles. We did win several times, and yeah. then they finally called a special session just to pass this one bill. That's how much power and influence and money was behind mm-hmm. uh, this particular project. So there were a lot of people who thought there's no way that one senator is going to stop the the project. Um, and I, I don't even know how we did. I mean, it was just it was just sheer will, I think, for yeah. for two two rounds. And then when they called the special session, there was no way of yeah of uh, getting other members to go along. A lot of members thought that what we were doing was the right thing to do, and what they were doing was the wrong thing to do. But when it's the only bill you're taking up during a special session, you can't really uh, hide from leadership. And right. and I did have to battle my own party and my own mm-hmm. leadership on that one. So it was a pretty uncomfortable situation. Yeah. I was kind of the Lynn Cheney of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the Senate at the time. Yes, that's a hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, we, you know, we we made the argument back then because, of course, they were making lots of arguments about how wonderful the ILC was going to be. It was going to bring 8,000 plus jobs to the county. And uh, have you heard about how many? Yeah, not so many jobs. Yeah. Uh, the the high paying, the few high paying jobs there were, they just moved people from the Orlando um rail yard to to the Polk County one. Um, And then they were counting things like, oh, well, there'll be this many people. So they need two more McDonald's and they need some dry cleaners. And yeah, it was it was a ridiculous way of trying to project jobs. But the jobs didn't really come, um, which we tried to warn people. But also um, it just the promises made to the cities. There's a lot of cities that have a uh, station that aren't getting the ridership, and now mm-hmm. they're having to subsidize the cost of the of the rail. And we tried to kind of point that out. You know, if there's a good rail project, I'm all for it. Right. And if a company benefits, I'm okay with that too. The profit isn't a dirty road, but a word. But uh, it just seems so lopsided, and it just seemed like the they weren't really telling the truth. And right. you have to kind of put out all the facts, and and then make a good decision on that. Yeah. And so they were they were sort of. Um, 
fudging some numbers, if you will, or hiding or, more or, like or, hiding. And, yeah. Hiding some numbers. And, and, and we, we took advantage of some numbers to sort of make our point as well, because one of the numbers that uh, we received was after those, those um, improvements were going to be made, the freight line through downtown Lakeland was going to be able to support 56 trains a day. You remember that? Yeah. And that was a good talking point for us because we pounded everybody with that fact. Now, that isn't hasn't come to fruition. Yet. Yet, mainly <laughs> because the ILC did not grow like they expected right. it to grow. It does not have all of these, um, you know, uh, I guess, warehouses and things that would use it. So it's still a possibility one day. And CSX does own, what, 50 yard, fifty feet of right-of-way on either side of the tracks. And I think, I know downtown Lakeland had double tracks, but way back in the day. So they still have the, they still have the ability to double track if they wanted to. And 56 trains a day could come through. Uh, but they all said, oh, those numbers, that's crazy. Those numbers are, not, that's not real. I'm like, it is real. Or at least it's possible. It's possible, yeah. Yeah. Well, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about um, your experience and how you think in in the in Tallahassee, and then how maybe it's a a little different today, and and what your thoughts are. Because I know when you were there, uh, you had some good years in terms of how you were um, uh, viewed, able to get things done, able to get things done. (laughs) And then when you couldn't get things done, I want to know why. I want to talk about it. Sure. So. Stick with us. We'll be back with Senator Paula Dockery. And we're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And with me today is Senator Paula Dockery. Paula served uh, 16 years and um, and has not been in, in office since 2012. So we're talking a little bit about uh, her time in office. We're reminiscing. We're reminiscing. It's the end of the year. We want to, you know, look back, look forward, talk about the future, um, and you know, my, my reason we're good, we're good pals. We, we went, as we were talking in the first segment, we met over a very controversial, uh, rail deal. And so we were, we met because of a, um, a common, uh, fight. And then for whatever reason, we just kind of, I kinda, liked your moxie. <laughs> <laughs> we just stuck. We just stuck. We so we've been good friends ever since. So that's, um, uh, Probably the best thing that came out of the CSX deal. <laughs> Thank you, CSX. <laughs> oh, matchmakers. Um, so anyway, we were talking about that and 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 how you know fighting that and and actually winning it twice and then losing in a special session and um, just how you know your experience in the legislature. I, I learned a lot when I came to visit and talk in front of committees when when you were there uh, over over this deal and. Um, I just I realized and I think and you may have even said this to me at some point, but it's a lot like high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the cool kids with the with the cool table. And and then there was that are the outcasts. And and uh, I suspect it's worse now. Yeah, it's a lot worse now. Yeah. 
in fact, during the 16 years I was there, I was in the House for six years and then the Senate for 10, and then I was term limited. But just during that 16-year period, I I saw it go from um, a collegial body with respect for each other to a we've got the votes and we're going to shove it down your throat kind of um, attitude. And it was it was sad to see. And the entire time I was in the legislature, uh, I was a Republican. I was a lifelong Republican. I'm I'm no longer. I'll put that out there. But mm-hmm. um, but my party was the party in charge the yeah. whole time. So I was not fighting the other party. Uh, towards the end of my term there, I was trying to change my party from within to mm-hmm. continue to be sort of the party for everybody instead of. Um, what I think it's turned into, which is the party of the special interests. And yeah. that was kind of, you know, something I learned as as I was going through. And the CSX uh, project was a, a good example of that. Yeah, absolutely. So what was, um, I know you had some successes, though. Uh, Florida, for, oh, yeah, is Florida yeah. forever your? Yeah, so it was really interesting. When I was first in the House um, in my uh, second term, which is two years after I was first elected, the term limits hit. So a lot of experienced legislators left, and a lot of us who had just gotten there got very important um, committee chairmanships. Mm. And I was made chairman of the Environmental Protection Committee, which was kind of interesting because I really didn't didn't that wasn't my passion, nor was it anything I had a lot of experience in. I was, uh, you know, I came from an insurance background, so I kind of wanted to do something with finance or tax. Uh, but the the Senate president or the Speaker of the House said to me, "Nope, you're you know I think that you're good at <laughs> negotiating with people, and I want you to bring the the various aspects together of the development community, the agriculture community, and the environmentalists." And mm. I thought, "Yeah, good luck with that." <laughs> but uh, I developed a passion for it. I figured mm. I don't want to embarrass him. I don't want to embarrass myself. I better learn these issues. So um, I did the Florida Forever Bill, which yeah. uh, preserves lands land for conservation, preservation, and water resource. And that was a, uh, a great experience. And I had a lot of incredible people educate me on that and take part in putting together this uh, huge financial investment mm-hmm. to preserve land, but also a great policy as well. Yeah. And what has happened to that? Uh, it was a 10-year program, and uh, it was, well... We did have a few a few governors who didn't want to expend the money towards the end, but for the most part, the three hundred million a year, three billion dollars did uh, did get spent, and now it's the policy is still there, and it's up to the legislature every year to decide how much money they put into it. But they spent a lot of it, the initial money on on buying land, right? Yes, and prior to uh, Florida Forever, under Governor Bob Martinez, there was a Preservation Two Thousand bill, and that bill also bought lands and and preserved it. Ours just changed to a little bit more of a uh, focus on water resources because we were growing so fast and we didn't Mm -hmm. think that we'd have the the water to sustain that kind of development. Yeah. So is that how the state came about to buy things like what what was purchased for Colt Creek State Park? No, that's actually, well, it could have come from those funds, but this was treated a little bit differently when I was in the uh, legislature in the Senate, the county came to me and they said, there's this piece of land we'd like to um, to purchase, but the county doesn't have the money and uh, it's in danger of being developed, even though it's in the green swamp. Mm. And so I went to the, to the powers that be at the Department of Environmental Protection and asked if 
uh, they'd be interested in taking a look at this land, and they ended up buying it. It was over 5,000 acres, and it's now Colt Creek State Park. Yes. Yeah, which you are the president of the CSO. Yeah. And I am the treasurer. Yeah, and just to let people know, a CSO (laughs) is a citizen support organization to help raise money and to fund projects and events at the park that uh, we don't have state dollars for. So it's a way of the community kind of showing that they care enough about the the park to to play an active role Mm -hmm. in it. And so um, we help put on events and we put a gazebo out there and we put a equestrian pavilion out there. And so, uh, so anybody who wants to get involved with Colt Creek or even go visit, it's mm-hmm. on uh, highway 471 yes. um, on the Northern part of Polk County, right before you get to S- Sumter County. And uh, our biggest users are equestrian uh, riders, but we also have fishing and camping and, uh, and glamping and glamping. I'm not a glamper, but I think people are very excited about glamping. Yeah, I, I, the, they look amazing. I stuck my head in one, and and what last time we were there, and definitely, if I'm going to camp, I'm going to glamp. You want the coffee maker? I just don't. You want the air conditioning? <laughs> I, I, I can even tough out that. I just don't want to sleep on the ground. Yeah, I, I agree. just don't want to sleep on the ground. I mean, even with an air mattress, those are no, those are no fun. So, but hiking's my favorite thing to do out there. Yeah, you can canoe and kayak. There's lots of great trails. And there's also lots of gators. Ooh, yes, that's true. Yeah. The and all the photos on the on the page of of the amazing animals that you can see there. I mean, I don't ever see them when I'm there, probably because I'm going in the middle of the day and those are probably more maybe early but morning I did, or dusk. Well, I did see that bobcat at like three in the afternoon. Oh, did you? I did. Oh. I did not see the bear. I see a lot of birds, especially yeah. hawks. Um, but I see deer all the time, no matter oh, what time of day. And oh. wild turkey. Oh, wild turkey. And some otters. Mm. They're so cute, but they're mean. They are not. They're nasty little critters. Yeah. But they do have a cute little face. They do. Don't try and pet them. <laughs> no. Our helpful hint but of if the day. You're, if, you're, uh, if you are a bird watcher, I think it's a great place to go, oh, right? Because yeah. you can see Absolutely. all kinds of beautiful birds there. And also we have our butterfly garden. Oh, yes. The butterfly garden. Always looking for help. <laughs> if you want to get out there and dig and weed and plant and water, come yeah. on. And the tram. And the tram. We do have a tram, tram ride. Yeah. Because 5,000 acres is a lot of land to cover on foot. So yeah. if you want to see the park, come out there when we're having tram rides and yeah. you can see it in style. Yeah. And we do have an event coming up in the first quarter of the year, right? Don't we? The, or Actually, the, on, the, on uh, New Year's Day. Oh, that's right. The first day hike. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wants to, to do that, that's like right around now. the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like days away. <laughs> Um, Okay, well, we will continue chatting with uh, Senator Paula Dockery when we come back and we'll learn some more about maybe what she's up to these days. Stick with us. Thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend, and my very special guest today is Senator Paula Dockery, my good friend. We've known each other for, I don't know, 15 years or so. Seems like just yesterday. We'll go with 15. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You spent 16 years in the legislature, um, finished your last Senate term in 2012. So what have, what did you do after that? I know you didn't just go uh, retire in garden. 
Well, um, <laughs> interestingly, uh, my bachelor's degree was in political science and my master's degree was in journalism. And I was kind of a good writer. So uh, my last year in office, I was approached by a friend of mine who was in journalism, and she asked if I would chronicle my last year. Oh. And then it was being run in in um, a newspaper or two. Hmm. And um, and actually, we started online, and then it moved into newspapers. But so uh, the year before I left office on the last night of session, and for anybody who has paid attention to the legislature, the last night of session is wild. Even when <laughs> the same party uh, controls both chambers, they end up fighting and oh, wow. bouncing bills back and mm. forth and killing each other's stuff. And sometimes it goes till one or two in the morning. And and this was a really contentious last mm-hmm. uh, uh, day of session. So uh, these... Um, uh, solo cups started popping out, and that was a bad sign. That meant what? that, you know, people were drinking something a little harder than... than on the uh, floor? Uh, can what? you imagine? So, well, we kept breaking and coming right. back and breaking and coming back. So um, I started tweeting out uh, mm. what was going on because it was very hard for people to follow who, who didn't really know the legislative process. And that's when um, this person in journalism, Rosemary mm. O'Hara, said... Uh, it was Rosemary Goudreau at the time, said, oh, my God, I loved your mm-hmm. your th- thread on Twitter. <laughs> Can you turn it into a column, which I did? And then that started me writing a weekly column on politics. Mm. So I did that the, my last year in office. And then I had newspapers from around the state uh, ask me if they could run my column. So at one point I was in... I don't know, 27 Mm -hmm. Florida papers. And uh, I had to stop doing that because I made a promise that if anybody wrote me, I would write them back. And so I'd write one column a week in 27 newspapers, and I was hearing from hundreds of people, and it was just getting a little too time-consuming. And I will say that most of them were nice. I'd say 95% were nice, and then a couple percent were sort of um, didn't have anything to do with the column, just somebody writing in. And then there were 2 or 3% that were really nasty. And, and I learned some words that I had never heard before. <laughs> Can so, we say those on the no, radio? No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did that for a while, and I tried to give a very unique perspective that was based on fact, mm-hmm. which apparently would not be in style anymore, But and then let people come to their own conclusions. But right. I just thought that not enough people really understood how the political process worked. So I would take an issue, I would put some facts out there, and then let them draw their their own conclusion. And that was a lot of fun. But I stopped doing that. It got a little time-consuming. And then as the, you know, the the way people have have just gotten so entrenched in Mm -hmm. whatever side they're on being right, it got a little bit uh, too nasty. Yeah. And how many years did you you do that for? Like five years or so, didn't you? I think it was three or four. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, those were those were good columns, Thanks. and and you know we 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 miss uh, we miss local news in general. So I'll just say that it's hard. Yeah, it's hard journalism to get has really changed. Yeah, it really has. Unfortunately. Yeah. So in terms of um, you know just your thoughts about Tallahassee and how things function today, are you still? Do you still communicate with some some folks in Tallahassee? I do. You know, with term limits, most of the people I mm-hmm. served with are, are gone unless they've moved from. I knew them when I was in the Senate, and they were in the House, and now they've moved Flip up to off, the House. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the Senate. But uh, for the most part, uh, it's a new cast of characters. Yeah, uh, I do. I do follow it. Yeah. I do watch from afar, and I I see that. 
You know, my favorite year in the legislature was in 1996 when I was in the House. There were 120 members in the House, and we were split 61-59. And that meant that every single uh, representative's vote counted. Right. And that's when the leader of that chamber would say, what do you need in this bill that's good for your district? Or, you know, what problem is there in this bill that we can address to make you vote for this bill? So you had the opportunity to really affect the outcome of legislation. Mm -hmm. And that give and take always makes bills better. Uh, When the majorities got so large, it was a one person on top dictating down to everybody what was going to be in it. And you just had to you know, accept it, whether it was good or not for your constituents. So I think when you have close uh, majorities, it's good for the process. I think when the process is allowed to work the way it was intended, but now we we really see a change in the process where it's just a, a few people at the top controlled by special interests who are controlling the outcome of, of every vote, yeah. even when it's clearly against what the voters just did. Like right. when voters pass constitutional amendments, and the leadership of the legislature doesn't like it, they just kind of um, weaken them, water them down. Yeah. So, I mean, do you feel like if it was closer in terms of the split between different parties, uh, even though obviously one one could still have a clear majority, uh, do you still feel like the, the party in charge, that leadership controls everybody on their side? Yes, but it's it's... A confluence of factors. For example, we were just talking about how journalism no longer is as effective. The local journalism, they've all been bought up by a few big players. Um, It's no longer fact versus fiction. It's kind of a both sides-ism. But the lack of oversight in journalism and the fact that some uh, people who are in elected office now Uh, including our governor, just say to journalism, I don't have to answer to you. I can keep you out of a press conference. Mm -hmm. You know, that used to be punished. It would be punished that you'd be embarrassed. It would be punished that the voters would vote you out. Now it's just sort of like we like our strong man and he can, you know, uh, he can go after journalists and there's no accountability accountability whatsoever yeah Yeah. and And that's dangerous it is dangerous because the journalists aren't bad people they're trying to get the facts out to all of us who aren't in tallahassee watching over everyone's shoulders so you know when when they're weakened and when uh people in elected office especially at the top uh have no accountability then we're kind of leaving a democracy and getting Mm -hmm. into some dangerous territory so i hope voters will start to get engaged again and and start to seek out the truth and and uh, then we'll get the government um that that we should have rather than the one that we unfortunately are getting right now yeah well and what i think in the state and nationally but in the state is particularly worse yeah and i what i don't understand is sort of the you know seminole versus gators mentality it is it's like a game of um my guys can do no wrong exactly and i mean i you know I've I've criticized politicians that I've voted for, not and you know not just, I mean policies that I didn't like or actions that they took or didn't take, um, and so it doesn't make doesn't mean that you're uh, off the team or, or no longer a supporter, uh, but you have to be constructively critical, uh, you know, on both sides. But I feel like it's now it's like. It's just so lopsided yeah. now, you know. It's it's like um, Georgia playing 
I don't want to say that. I don't want to say my beloved Gators, but you know, Georgia, Georgia playing somebody who didn't have a good record this year. <laughs> yeah, so the Gators didn't have a good record no, this year. Uh, no, my yeah. book, but we're rebuilding. Yes, it's a rebuilding year. It is. It's a rebuilding year. It is. We, we did pretty well in recruitment. We'll see. <laughs> Well, um, we're going to keep talking to Senator Paula Dockery, my good friend, um, when we come back from this last break and then maybe talk about what's going to what what the future holds for for my dear friend, Paula. Stick with us. We're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And with me today is my dear, dear friend, Senator Paula Dockery. Thanks for being with me, Paula. This is fun. It's good to be with you. (laughs) So we were reflecting on your years in the legislature and sort of talking about uh, your perspective on how things are today and and what the challenges are are today. Um, And you know, challenges, speaking of challenges, you had a particularly challenging 2022. I did. I did. My, um, I was married to a wonderful man, Doc Dockery. We've been married, we were married almost uh, 33 years. He took a bad fall at the end of last year, broke his neck and back, was recovering from that. Um, And then uh, he died in August. So it's a, a life-changing event for yeah. sure. But uh, I try and think about how lucky I was to have the perfect husband for, <laughs> for that long who was put up with me being in Tallahassee. And yeah. so, you know, we, uh, when I left office, we finally got to do some traveling and we had a summer home in North Carolina and that's where he wanted to go uh, in May. So we were there when he got real sick and came home. Um, I also had knee surgery in 2022. My cat died in 2022. (laughs) I lost my husband in 2022. And then I had neck surgery uh, in late August and was in a neck brace for the past three months. So I don't ever want to have another 2022. No. But I'm looking forward to 2023. And I thank God I have great family and friends and people who looked after me the last few months and um, that I live in a great community like Lakeland Mm -hmm. where you can have real true friends who look after you and check in on you. And I have plenty of people to, to do great things with. And so on we go. Yeah. Well, so many people loved doc and uh, he was an amazing person. And uh, I know he, he's got a great story. He does have a great story. And, um, and uh, he wrote that book which I have a copy of country boy because he was a country boy. He was, (laughs) he was one of the smartest people I've ever known, but he had that thick country accent and um, he used it to his advantage because nobody really thought that anyone who sounded like that could be as smart as he was, Mm -hmm. but he was smart as a whip and he was born in, in uh, on a farm and his father left the family when he was young and he joined the military, uh, before he was even 18, and he um, and he served eight years in the Air Force, and he started businesses, and he started Summit Consulting. Yeah. And, uh, and he lived long enough to see Summit move from its old campus off Crystal Lake to its uh, brand-new building in downtown Lakeland. 
Uh, they did that in May, mm-hmm. and he took an office there. Yeah. And uh, I've now taken over his office, so mm-hmm. I'm now officially in downtown uh, taking care of things. And uh, he also left me uh, our farm. So uh, I'm into citrus and a little bit of cattle. And, and now you're a country girl. So I'm a country girl. <laughs> Born in New York City, but I'm a country girl because I married a country boy. And he, uh, so, you know, by virtue of his um, endeavors with Summit mm-hmm. and surrounding himself with excellent people, it's now run by Carol Sipe, who's doing a fantastic job. And and uh, he was so proud that, of where they've come over the years. And I was so glad he got to see the building finished and got to spend a couple weeks mm-hmm. working out of his office there. And uh, he kept an office till, you know, his, his 80s, late yeah. 80s. Yeah. So um, so good for him there. And, and um, every time I go in there, it just reminds me of what a, a successful person who was born into nothing and, yeah. and made it on his own, the true American story, right? Exactly. And that's what's so amazing is that he he truly did it on, on his own. And his way. And, and his way. <laughs> he, he was known by many uh, to be a little stubborn, but uh, but he he um, he was a man who fought for things on principle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. I'm proud of him for not only Summit, but uh, all the things, all the projects he's taken on, all the people he's helped, either publicly or behind the scenes. He was a very generous person. Um and uh, I just, you know, yeah, I lost yeah. my best friend. And, yeah, but he he lived a very impactful life. Yeah, and uh, his book, uh, which is not on sale, it was just something he did so that he could put his thoughts and his his life on paper for his grandchildren and mm-hmm. children. And but uh, he posted it on uh, it's on the web. If you want to look oh, it up, you it? can you can read it for free. I was going to ask the you if it, was, if it was somehow like Kindled yeah. or something. Is it is it is it that or is it like just a big giant PDF? I I think it's a big giant PDF. Okay. Yeah, yeah, or a website. So yeah. just uh, Google Country Boy by Doc Dockery. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say there's that'd be a great way for for other people to. And he to was a really him. good writer. You know, yeah. we had a huge age difference, but and people were you know kind of skeptical that it of would course, work, and yeah. and I guess we proved them wrong. Yeah. But uh, we we had so much in common. We both I bartended my way through college. He bartended in the in mm-hmm. the military. Um, we both were writers. We mm-hmm. both had degrees in journalism. Um, we both loved to write. We both loved to read. And we shared an interest in politics, mm-hmm. and we were both lifelong Republicans. And then we both sort of soured on the party in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and and uh, both kind of switched over um, him maybe a year or two before me. But um, yeah, and he's just uh, he uh, introduced me to some uh, took me outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did a trip to Africa, which I was always saying I didn't want to do. So it's been a, it was it's been a great life, yeah. and I and I thank my wonderful husband for yeah giving that to me yeah. Well, he will he will be missed, but I know he's um, thought about often by many many people, and he you can sit in your the Paul and Paula and Doc Dockery bench at Bonnet Springs, which I found when I was there. <laughs> you know, it's so funny towards the end of Doc's life when he wasn't able to do all the hiking and the activities that he wanted to. He decided he was going to sit on park benches. So he <laughs> sat when we were in Lakeland. He sat on a bench. Um, 
by the Yacht Club, now the Lakeland Country Club, <laughs> over by where the boat's dock is. Mm-hmm. And people would come and sit with him. And I will warn you, he was chewing chewing tobacco because <laughs> he was born on a um, tobacco farm. But So I didn't think people would really come and sit with him because right, the guy's yeah. chewing yeah, tobacco. Kind of gross. But people <laughs> loved, he was so approachable and people loved to talk to him. And he would come home and tell me about Sally or Joe or whatever. So he had all uh-huh. these people I called bench buddies. Right. Then he went up to North Carolina, found a, a bench there. <laughs> And uh, made bench buddies there. Both of those benches are now have a plaque that Aww. say Doc Dockery mm-hmm. uh, bench buddies. And then uh, when Bonnet Springs Park opened up and they were looking for donations for various buildings mm-hmm. and structures, they were selling park benches. And I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so there are five Doc Dockery benches, uh, Doc and Paula Dockery benches in in uh, Bonnet Springs Park. Oh, there's five. There's five. Okay, so I only found one. I was at night. You need to go hiking. I know. I need to go hunt them all down and take a picture (laughs) with each one. So uh, Doc would never have known that that after he died, his name would be all over benches, but indeed it is. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, you're, so you are now... in Doc's office, and you, your office when you were in the legislature was in downtown also. I love downtown. So now you're back back in downtown. Back in downtown. So. And how it's changed in those years. Yes, There's that's so many true. restaurants and bars yeah. and shops, yeah. and so, yeah. So now you can now we can go have lunch yeah. when, you're, when you're at your office. Yeah, and call me we're, we're, like, within walking distance. I could throw a throw a baseball and hit your office we could even walk around the lake and get some exercise <laughs> well let's not, <laughs> let's let's not get crazy, let's not go crazy. <laughs> so 2023 any any big you don't have any big plans you're not running for office you're not, not running for running, office writing I'm, I'm running a farm you're running I'm, a farm i'm gonna spend more time on the That's farm right. i'm gonna go back to north carolina see my north carolina friends do some hiking you know and and just uh it kind of See what my new new normal is going to be. Right. But I don't like to stay away from Lakeland too long because I love this town. Well, we love you and all of that. I love you. And I know many, many folks out there appreciate all of your years of service in the legislature. So on behalf of all Lakeland, thank you for all that you have done. I know that that is a sometimes a thankless job. And it certainly doesn't pay well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that, Julie. And um, so, uh, again, uh, I wish you... All the best in 2023. and uh, I think it's going to be a good year. I think it'll be a good year. And I look forward to... And I hope it's a good year for all our listeners. Yes. And I, I look forward to walking the lake with you and spending more time with you um, as as our good friends. Like a good friendship. Me too. BFF, so. BFF. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy New Year, everyone. We will see you next time. Thanks.